Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Sunday, 26 July. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. Let's see, our uh, first category, as always, is Israel. And from Zero Hedge, is Israel hoping to start a war with Iran before the U.S. elections? It's just a commentary, a blog, but it was kind of interesting. Recent rounds of sabotage attacks against Iranian targets have been consistently blamed on Israel. It's not just Israel being Israel, according to some officials familiar with the situation, but rather Israel trying to start a war while Trump is still in power. Israel sees a war as a tougher sell if Biden gets elected. While Trump would be easier, especially ahead of the vote, EU officials were reportedly concerned Israel would try to provoke something soon. Israeli officials refused to comment on specific sabotage operations. Veteran Middle East war correspondent Mitch Prothero writes in a bombshell Business Insider report based on Israeli government sources, Israel is involved in an extended campaign to pressure or damage Iran before President Trump can be voted out of office in the November election. Former Israeli defense official and current EU intel officer told Insider, Iran has seen weekly incidents. Israeli officials concede it is common knowledge that they are behind some of the Iran attacks, but they don't want to specify which ones when there are so many candidates. Officials also say their policy on Iran is clear, without confirming or denying, trying to suck the U.S. into a war. Israel has been keen on a war with Iran for decades and is always trying to pick a good time to sucker the U.S. into the conflict. While Iran focuses on defensive preparedness, it's likely they'll be advised by allies to try to resist any reaction to the provocations through November, hoping that as this window closes, Israel will dial back attacks. So little gamemanship going on there and well, I don't know if that's actually correct or not. It is an analysis, and it makes complete sense because we're far enough out still where if they can provoke them just properly, they would want to enter into a war, which our previous president would not support in any way, shape, or form. And as a matter of fact, our previous president didn't do anything to spur on the protesters in Iran when they had sufficient number to come against the government, whereas he did exactly the opposite with the Arab Spring and the Muslim Brotherhood in Tunisia and Egypt and countries like that. So you could see he was totally against the goals of Israel. He was against the goals of this country. And he is, he, I'm certain of it, our previous president was and probably still is in the back pocket of Russia. But that's just my opinion. From the Jerusalem Post, Israel making secret IDF officials list fearing ICC arrests. The International Criminal Court has been threatening to arrest Israeli officials based on supposed war crimes, and so Israel's now trying to make a list to keep these people safe. Israel began creating a list of defense establishment officials likely to be arrested if the ICC goes through with an investigation into alleged Israeli war crimes. The contents of the list remain confidential, as the ICC may view the official inclusion as a confirmation of their alleged crimes against the Palestinians. 
The list reportedly named between 200 and 300 officials from the state's defense establishment, not all of whom have been notified of their inclusion. Israeli authorities consider barring the individuals named on the list from being able to leave the country as they are likely to be arrested, detained, or put on trial in case the ICC probe officially becomes a criminal investigation. So they will, unless something changes, be spending the rest of their lives in Eretz Israel. They're not going to be going anywhere. From the Times of Israel, Israel to remain closed to foreign visitors until at least September. I've got friends that are wanting to go in October. They've had plans for a year now to do so, and I don't know if that's going to happen. Restrictions preventing foreign visitors from entering the country due to the coronavirus pandemic will be extended until the beginning of September. The IAA announced the ban will continue until September 1st due to the recent surge in virus infections in Israel. The ongoing ban allows only Israeli citizens or those who obtain special permission from the Population, Immigration, and Border Authority to enter the country. All those who do arrive are required to self-quarantine for two weeks. Many carriers have canceled their routes to and from Israel, and with the infection rate climbing, are not likely to change that policy anytime soon. The interaction between Israel and the world has been seriously damaged because of the aerial lockdown. Having said that, I got my tickets to go to Israel in February for May, and I'm still waiting. What is it? It's July 26th. It'll be August before uh, anything's done, and probably even after that, LL still refuses to give anybody their refunds. They're very poorly managed uh, airline anyway. I recommend if you get to Israel, you go on somebody else, but it was a good cheap flight. Sergio was able to uh, book everything for me. It was convenient for going there and getting back to the church in a couple days, And uh, but still, they are not giving anybody any refunds, and they've got the same sign up on their website that's been there for months. It's, I'm sorry, due to the lockdown, we're not working, it said, which is untrue. They're all there. They can do these things from home, but they are just, you know, trying to get out of paying people back their uh, their money. Not that I care that much. I mean, I do care about the fact that they have it, but, you know, whatever. From Reuters, hugging a tree in Israel to beat the coronavirus blues. Can't embrace friends and family these days? Hug a tree instead. That is the message Israel's Nature and Parks Authority is spreading on social media to try to help people overcome the sense of detachment that coronavirus social distancing rules can bring. Now, this is serious. I mean, they actually have people, picture of people hugging trees, and it just makes me think of old-time Israel where they were worshiping nature and bowing to trees, and here we're going right back into that type of thing again. It says, in this unpleasant corona period, we recommend to people around the world to go out to nature, take a deep breath, hug a tree, express your love, and get love. Or at Steinfeld, the authority's marketing director said in Apollonia National Park, Israel's tree-hugging campaign follows a similar endeavor launched in April by Iceland's Forestry Service. So there you go with that, people hugging trees to find comfort. From Christian News Today, I would like to, at this time, I'll tell you about it, and I will uh, introduce it into the video, hopefully for the people online, is that Oma Silas, who is the pastor of the Superior Word Church in Kenya, did a marvelous video of 200 children that they brought in, orphans and, uh, you know, at disadvantaged families. This is really great today. We thank you so much for your blessing, prayers, support. 
now today this is another second day for this during this corona we are able today to feed over 200 children in our community orphans include the valuable children in our community you can see there are many and we it is our desire to continue with this program at least to reach many children in our community also through education through the school materials that is needed to build the orphanage and uh, we are praying that through your prayers, your support, we'll make this vision and mission to be easier. So we ask you to stand with us in prayers. And also, it is our privilege and uh, humble request to invite you to come and also to share your love with our children in Rift Valley, Nakuru. Please, we welcome you to come and share your love. Welcome, this your home. We love you. We are praying for you. Welcome, because for sure this one is retouching our children here. You can see there are many today. And uh, we do reach, and next time you know that uh, we are going to double what we are doing today. So we invite you to come and also to partner with us. Be a blessing for our kids. May the Lord bless you. And it's very touching. He's making appeal for people to help the church there. And if it's something that uh, touches your heart, what they're doing over there, I would hope that you would be willing to extend yourself and help them out. They have never finished the church building itself. It's not finished on the inside. It has dirt floors. Uh, they also need a church van, which is still in the process of you know raising money for that. And despite that, they're putting the children first. And he said, next time we're going to invite 400. So he's doing a great job. If you can support uh, Pastor Silas over in uh, Kenya, then uh, send me an email, let me know, and I will tell you how you can do that. It's very touching to watch that video. From the Washington Examiner, Jerry Falwell's Liberty University slaps New York Times with $10 million lawsuit for made-up COVID-19 story. They just lied, outright lied and made up a story. And here we go. Virginia's conservative Liberty University filed a $10 million defamation suit against the embattled New York Times for a made-up and damaging story that falsely charged that students returning from spring break became infected with the coronavirus because the school stayed open. In a 100-page suit with exhibits filed in Virginia's Lynchburg Circuit Court, the 49-year-old school also charged that the New York Times reporter Elizabeth Williamson and photographer Julia Rendleman ignored no trespassing signs to tour the campus at a time when the school was trying to keep outsiders out who could potentially be infected with COVID-19. The long-threatened suit stems from a March 29 viral story that suggested several students were infected after returning from spring break. In fact, no student, staffer, or faculty member on campus was or became infected. The story was never retracted despite, here it is, pleas from Liberty. None of this was true. There was never an on-campus student diagnosed with COVID-19. The only actual viral element of this narrative that existed was the intense viral internet attention it generated for the New York Times website and for those paying to advertise on that website, said the suit, provided in advance to secrets. In a statement, Eileen Murphy, the Times Senior Vice President of Corporate Communications, listen to the arrogance of these people, shrugged off the suit. We are confident that our story accurately portrayed the reopening of Liberty University and the public health concerns that the reopening raised. 
we look forward to defending our work in court. They lied. They had no COVID-19 cases. They trespassed on private property and they just shrug it off as if Liberty University is the one. And, and this is after Liberty University offered for them to just retract the story and we won't sue you. It shows the arrogance of these Democrats. From BCM, Liberty's Jerry Falwell supports effort to rename Lynchburg. Uh, yeah, you know, now I thought, well, that makes sense. If you're going to call a place Lynchburg and it's named after lynching people, then you want to get rid of that. Well, I checked. It's not. It's named after a guy named John Lynch who established the place. He was back in 1722 or something. So why rename the place? That's just silly. From the Christian Post, one third of practicing Christians not watching online church services during COVID-19 lockdown. So they're not going to church and they've given up watching online as well, which breaks my heart. I mean, people, once you get people out of the mood of being in church, they're just not going to go back. And that is exactly why what happened in the Supreme Court this past week happened. We've got a chief justice of the Supreme Court of the United States of America who is, is bought out by the left. He did something wrong and they have, there is no doubt in my mind that this has happened. They have him anytime they want a decision to go against the right then they pull out their thing and they say, you're going to vote our way or we're going to expose you for whatever he has in his past. Now, I, I would think that that's probably true. I can't say it for sure. Don't want to get sued over that. That's just my speculation, which I'm allowed to have. But I think that's the case because they have in Nevada said that, uh, what is it? Um, gambling casinos can open up to 50% capacity, but churches cannot. And that sounds like a real problem there. But the entire purpose of doing that and siding with the left on that is to destroy churches in America, to destroy the message of God in America and to bring people away from religion so that they continue to go down the path of immorality and destruction. That is the agenda here. I'm certain of it. And there you go with that. One third of yeah, well, he was a Bush guy, but you know what? It was pretty apparent. People saw his face when he came out of the Obamacare decision that he was rattled. He was rattled, and I am certain that this is what is going on, because he didn't want to do that, and they will continue to hold this over him forever for any major decision that they can. Mark my words on that. But from the Christian Post, Christian children's book author, I, everybody has seen this, but I want to read it anyway just for the reason why. Book author Matthew Paul Turner comes out as gay, announces his divorce. Now, this is a guy that's been putting out Christian uh, children's books for years, and now he's saying he's gay. Okay, Christian author Matthew Paul Turner came out as gay via Facebook and Instagram and announced that he and his wife, fellow writer Jessica Turner, are divorcing. Dear friends, I have difficult news to share. Here it is. After much thought, prayer, and counseling, Jessica and I have made the decision to end our marriage. You cannot pray to God that is something against God's word. There's, you're not going to get an answer, so don't pray for things that are against God's word. If it says in the Lord's word, don't do this thing, or you should do this thing, and you're praying for the opposite, don't expect an answer. The only answer you're going to get is from your own self-delusion, okay? So, prayer. And then he goes on, Jessica and I have made the decision to end our marriage. As someone who spent 30-plus years in fundamentalist evangelical churches exploring God through conservative theologies, I've lived many days overwhelmed by fear, shame, and self-hatred, he continued. But for the first time in my life, despite the sadness and grief I'm feeling right now, I can say with confidence that I'm ready to embrace freedom, hope, and God as a gay man. I'm sorry, you can't embrace God as a gay man. 
He may or may not be a saved person. I have no idea. But he will get zero rewards for this part of his life on. He may not be saved at all. We got people that fill pulpits all over the world that aren't saved. But you do not embrace God as a gay man. You do not embrace God as an alcoholic that continues in alcoholism. That doesn't mean that that person isn't saved, but you cannot sin openly in the presence of the Lord and expect him to embrace you. It's not going to happen. So there you go with that. I mean, or this freedom. is, what's that? Or freedom. Or freedom. You said freedom. Yeah. Bondage yeah, there, that's right. You're, you're in bondage when you're a gay man because you are living yourself in a manner which is contrary to the word of God. And therefore, you are living in bondage. Christ is here to free you from that. He's not there to put you under it more. All right. And I said a comment a moment ago that I know I'm going to get emails about. As I said, he may be a saved man. And that's true. Salvation is eternal. That is it. If somebody is saved, they are saved and they will never lose that salvation. If you want evidence of that, right from Scripture, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 where a man is doing something that Paul says is worse than what the pagans do, which includes homosexuality. And yet, one, he never questions his salvation. In fact, two, he says, kick him out of the church that his flesh may be destroyed, but his spirit saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. In other words, he's saved and he will continue to be saved despite doing something worse than homosexuality, okay, in God's eyes. So if you... Feel differently, your theology is lacking. You cannot lose your salvation. Please watch our 10 doctrine sermons and learn proper theology. Salvation is eternal. It says in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 that the moment that you are saved, that you believe in Jesus Christ, you're saved, and you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise as a deposit or guarantee, okay? God doesn't give a guarantee and take it back. He's not like us. He's not like man in any way, shape, or form. Israel is a template of our salvation. God has never rejected Israel, and he never will reject Israel. Despite Israel being under punishment, despite Israel individuals being, uh, you know, unsaved, the corporate body will never be rejected by God. And that's the same thing with your individual salvation. He was using Israel as a template for people's salvation. If you don't understand that, start watching our uh, Galatians Bible studies. We're in chapter two right now. It'll take just a little while to get through the six chapters in Galatians, but you will learn some real good theology about that particular issue. Going on from the Christian Post, new initiative urges all Christians to vote in November. Good job. Pandemic could impact turnout. I would say it will impact it. In 2016, the year President Trump was first elected, white evangelical Christians spoke powerfully in his favor with their votes and are on track to deliver again in November based on polling data. A significant portion of practicing Christians did not vote that year, however. And a new bipartisan initiative called Our Church Votes is hoping to activate them all for Jesus in 2020. We are trying to reach every church. We are trying to call every church in America that follows Christ, that believes the Bible is true. We're asking each and every church to engage their congregation and to hold at least one voter registration drive before the elections to encourage and equip the attendees, the members of their church, to be a part of this process. Our Church Votes which is an initiative of My Faith Votes, a nonpartisan movement that encourages Christians in America to vote in every election, says in 2016 more than 25 million Christians chose to not vote. That is shameful. 
by focusing on their faith in 2020, Yates wants all these inactive Christians, along with active ones, to exercise their right to vote with the principles of Jesus in mind. Superior Word members here in the church and you online or that watch later on YouTube, here it is. I encourage you to vote this November. Not only do I encourage you to vote this November, I encourage you to vote for Donald Trump this November. There you have my my recommendation to you, you do what you want. You're the one that has to stand before the Lord of creation and say, one, I didn't vote, and therefore, by default, my vote went to the left and promotes that agenda. Or two, I voted for the left, and I'm supporting abortion, I'm supporting immorality, I'm supporting et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, on down the line. Anti, As I said a few months ago, or maybe a month and a half ago, God does not have a political party. He doesn't work that way, but the devil does. The devil has a political party, and it is the Democrat Party of the United States of America. From Islam Today, Arab News. Blow to Erdogan as U.S. boots Turkey out of F-35 strike fighter program. It's official now. The removal of Turkey from the list of global participants on the U.S. F-35 JSF program's official website carries the political significance in terms of showing the Pentagon's determination to push its NATO ally to make a final decision about its controversial purchase of a Russian air defense system. Turkey's contribution to the F-35 fighter jet supply chain was suspended following its receipt of parts of the S-400 surface-to-air defense system last July. We talked about that last July, but the system has not yet been made operational. Although Turkey has also refused to give up the S-400 completely, it even tested its radar system in Ankara against some of its Air Force's U.S.-made F-16 fighter jets last November. However, the activation of the S-400 missile system that was scheduled for April is still delayed. Turkey has also been banned by the United States from ordering F-35s for its Air Force. The only condition for Ankara to become a contributor again and feature in the F-35 list is to move the system outside the country because F-35s cannot coexist with a Russian intelligence gathering platform that might detect their stealth capabilities and harm the long-term security of the alliance by spying on the jets. We already know what's going to happen. Turkey is going to side with Russia. They are not going to get the F-35, but they're giving this one last chance. We know that Turkey is coming with Russia against Israel. And so the pages are written, the book is complete, and history is set. We're just watching it unfold before our eyes. From News RU, in Saudi Arabia, imagine this, they got to drive last year, remember that? Beep, beep. The court recognized the right of a woman to live separately for the first time in their history. The Saudi court made a case law according to which an adult-capable woman has the right to live separately from her parents and does not need the custody of her father. The verdict was a new blow to the system of guardianship and an important step on the path to equal rights for women. Until recently, women in Saudi Arabia were not subject to law, I mean, at all. They did not have the right to leave the house without the permission of the male guardian who could be a father, husband, brother, or son. They could not drive a car. The situation has begun to change in recent years. Reforms are associated with the policy of the heir to the throne. It's becoming like Dubai and the UAE and other places. They're getting freedoms. All right, epic times. United Arab Emirates launches mission to Mars. I thought that was worth highlighting because very little comes out of the Arab world as far as technology. 
this has come out. The UAE launched its first mission to Mars on Monday as it strives to develop its scientific and technological capabilities and reduce its reliance on oil. The Hope probe blasted off from Japan's Tanegashima Space Center for a seven-month journey to the Red Planet, where it will orbit and send back data about the atmosphere. Just over an hour after launch, the probe deployed solar panels to power its systems and established radio communication with the mission on Earth. There are currently eight active missions exploring Mars. Some orbit the planet and some have landed on its surface. The U.S. and China each plan to send another this year. The Emirates Mars mission has cost $200 million. It aims to provide a complete picture of the Martian atmosphere for the first time studying daily and seasonal changes. Kind of interesting. Good job. From Zero Hedge, war. Top trend on Greek Twitter as military on high alert over Turkish drilling incursion. The Turks are really pushing buttons lately. Greek news sources are reporting that Greece's military is on high alert after Turkish survey ships entered East Med waters between Cyprus and Greece. And Reuters reports that Greece accused Turkey on Tuesday of attempting to encroach on its continental shelf in a serious escalation of tensions between the two NATO allies at odds over a range of issues. For much of the past year, EU leaders have condemned Turkey's expansive claims to broad swaths of Mediterranean waters around Cyprus and reaching into Greece's exclusive economic zone. The U.S. State Department is also backing Greece's condemnation of Turkish encroachment. So there you go with that. Mongolia today. CNN. Teenage boy dies from bubonic plague after eating marmot. They've got more bubonic plague. And 15-year-old boy has died from bubonic plague in western Mongolia, according to government health officials. The teenager caught the plague after hunting and eating marmot. Marmots are large ground squirrels, a type of rodent that have historically been linked to plague outbreaks in the region. Tests confirmed the teenager had contracted bubonic plague and authorities imposed quarantine measures in the Tugruk district of Gobi Altai province. Rodents are the main vector of plague transmission from animals to humans, but the disease can also be passed on through flea bites or from person to person. Mongolia has recorded 692 cases of marmot plague from 1928 to 2018. Of those, 513 died of the disease. That's a huge proportion of them, five out of six, basically. A little less than that, but about five out of six. Equivalent to a mortality rate just over 74% instead of, you know, uh, coronavirus, which is down 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, something percent. Okay, Daniel 12 Technology, Mail Online. U.S. Army tests new electronic rifle scope in Syria for the first time, which will not let soldiers fire until the system can guarantee the shot will hit its target. That's pretty interesting. This is something the Israelis already developed, U.S. military is now using. U.S. soldiers in Syria are testing an electronic scope with a Linux targeting system. They'll first mark a target through the scope by pressing a button on the grip. If their aim is off, the system will not let them shoot even if the trigger is pressed in. They want a one-shot, one-kill, and the reason why is because every time you shoot a gun, you are letting people know where you are if you're a sniper, and therefore you want to have one shot, one kill, and that guy cannot come back and try to kill you. Okay, makes sense. Mail online, Chinese researchers unveil AI that can turn simple sketches into fake 
photorealistic pictures. Just a simple, you know, I can draw like almost nothing. You know, Anybody that's ever gotten a letter or something I've done on the board over here, I'm pretty pathetic. It's stick figure only, but they can make a real life picture out of it. Okay, the AI called Deep Face Drawing can extrapolate a rudimentary sketch into photo-like pictures. The AI looks at facial features like eyes, hair, and lips individually. The first thing I thought when I saw this was what? What does this make you think it would be good for? No? No? All those are probably true, but I thought exactly what the article said. It could be used by law enforcement for bringing suspect sketches to life. That's the first thing I thought. Wow, you know, these guys draw pretty well, but they're, they're not really perfect. And it can just, they can say, that's it. You know, when they, you use the AI and say, no, that's not quite it. They can adjust it a little bit. That's it. Independent. Elon Musk claims his Neuralink chip will allow you to stream music directly into your brain. Yes, Mr. Musk, who also heads SpaceX and Tesla, is set to reveal new information about the mysterious startup next month, but has been slowly releasing details over Twitter in recent days. Responding to computer scientist Austin Howard, Mr. Musk confirmed that Neuralink's technology would allow people to listen to music directly from our chips. He also said that Neuralink could help control hormone levels and use them to advantage to our advantage, enhanced abilities and reasoning, anxiety relief, and so on. The process of having the chip fitted will be similar to LASIK laser eye surgery, according to Mr. Musk. One part of it will involve a neurosurgical robot, which fits flexible threads into the brain connected to tiny implantable computer chip. A research paper detailing the device claims that a single USB-C cable will provide full bandwidth streaming, data streaming to the brain. So you just plug yourself in. Yeah, that's it. You just sit there and you got music going on in your head and nobody else sees it, you know, or hears it or whatever. Yeah, why it is. It's this little thing that sits behind your ear. It looks like you have a, you know, a ear, what do you call it? Um, hearing aid, thank you. That's what it looks like. And then you just plug into that baby and listen to whatever you want. Okay, Revelation Plagues today. This is entitled, When It Rains. We'll see if you can figure out the common theme with this one. CNN, China has just contained the coronavirus. Now it's battling some of the worst floods in decades. Al Jazeera, a third of Bangladesh underwater after heavy rains, floods. Watchers, more than one million people flee as second wave of flooding hits Bangladesh, seven million already affected. Watchers, at least 15 dead, 4,000 affected as flash floods sweep through South Sulawesi, Indonesia. AccuWeather, historical rainfall devastates Japan during first half of July. Watchers, monsoon-related natural disasters leave more than 144 dead or missing in just one month in Nepal. Watchers, more than a month's worth of rain in 24 hours hits South Korea, causing deadly flooding. AccuWeather, Anybody get the common theme yet? China prepping for more torrential rain after floodwaters reach historic levels. Watchers, heavy rains and hail cause fatal flooding and landslides in, I can't pronounce it, Oaxaca or something like that, and Jalisco, Mexico. From the Epic Times, China's mighty Yangtze nears crest again, new floods feared. Watchers, more than 3.5 million people affected as flood situation continues to deteriorate in Assam, India. 
Watchers at least 12 killed as buildings collapse amid Mumbai's third worst July rain since 2015. Well, that's not too bad. If you had the third worst since 2015, it may have been wrong and they meant, you know, 1815 or something, whatever. AccuWeather, heaviest rainfall since at least 1790 causes apocalyptic scene in Sicily. Reuters, floods in India, Nepal displaced nearly 4 million people, at least 189 dead. Epic Times, historic flooding wreaks havoc on large swaths of southern China. Epic Times, all three of China's main rivers now flooded with millions living in danger zones. If the Three Gorges Dam fails, there will be as many as three or 400 million people killed. It is the largest dam in the world. It holds back the mighty Yangtze River. They're letting water out at an incredible rate. And if that dam fails and it does let go, there are going to be people dead all the way down that river, all the way down to the sea. So we'll hope that that does not happen. Watchers, northern Vietnam hit by deadly floods and landslides after longest heat wave in 49 years. CNN, Spain orders call. This is deviating from that topic now orders cull of nearly 100,000 farmed mink after animals test positive for COVID-19. No. Yeah, hello. Uh, Times of Israel, global coronavirus death toll tops 600,000. Every year, we have over 650,000 flu deaths. Every single year, year after year. Many years, it targets children only. Okay? So, you can see that this has been planned for a long, long time. Coronavirus is real. I've never denied that. Not once. I could get it and I could die tomorrow. Send me to Jesus. Whatever. But the fact is that this has locked down the entire world. Over 600,000 deaths. And the lockdowns do no better than not lockdowns. Okay? That's just the way it is. Zero hedge. Gunshot to head. Parkinson's disease. Deaths in Palm Beach incorrectly attributed to COVID-19. Somebody got shot in the head and they got coronavirus and died immediately afterward. <laughs> Parkinson's disease. Morality today. Epic Times. Minneapolis City Council passes resolution to declare racism a public health emergency. They're doing anything they can to destroy this nation before November elections. Mail Online, the Hallmark Channel promises to add LGBTQ LMNOP stories and characters to its Christmas movie lineup following backlash over its 40 upcoming films, all seemingly with straight romances. Hallmark announced its 2020 Christmas movie lineup last week, which features 40 new movies, none with LGBTQ storylines. Following complaints, of course, Hallmark said an announcement of projects featuring LGBTQ storylines, characters, and actors is forthcoming. Diversity and inclusion is a top priority for us, they said. CNN, drug overdose deaths jump in 2019 to nearly 71,000, a record high, CDC says. Drug overdose deaths in the United States jumped last year by a projected 4.8%, wiping out a slight decline in 2018 and setting a new record high according to preliminary data released by the CDC. More than 35 states saw overdose deaths increased while 13 recorded declines. South Dakota reported the largest spike at 54%, followed by North Dakota at 31%, and Alaska at 27%. I would like to remind you that all three of those are 
oil producing states. So probably it was the oil wars that they were having last year. The prices went down. A lot of people lost their jobs and they probably wiped themselves out with drugs. That's speculation. That's only me. I have no idea. Fentanyl and other synthetic opioids are involved in more than half of all projected deaths with cocaine and methamphetamine related deaths also on the rise. And then from the rap, good news, Jeremy Roenick, never heard of him, but he accuses NBC of heterosexual discrimination in wrongful termination lawsuit. Good. I'm glad he's doing that. Our other category, Twitter. This is a reminder from 29 February, okay? 29 February. It seems like it was a thousand years ago. U.S. Surgeon General at Surgeon General. Seriously, people, stop buying masks. They are not effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus, but if healthcare providers can't get them to care for sick patients, it puts them and our communities at risk. There it is, black and white. From Fox 6, May 28th, World Health Organization guidance. Healthy people should wear masks only when taking care of coronavirus patients. The world we live in today, an agenda, zero hedge. German armed forces missing tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition. Yeah. Germany's military confirmed Friday 60,000 rounds of ammunition are unaccounted for, along with another 48,000 rounds from an elite special forces unit with connections to right-wing extremism. A defense ministry spokesman told Deutsche Press Agentur, the Bundeswehr, Federal Defense Forces, is investigating the missing ammunition from its inventory. I know I just said all that in German, and the German people that listen online are laughing because my German is so pathetic. I took German back in uh, uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade because, well, I, I shouldn't tell you why, unless you really want to know, I'll tell you. But um, uh, it was, um, uh, what's that? A girl. The, the most beautiful teacher. Every guy in school wanted to sit under Hannah Lord Jackson. She had wavy red hair. She was just gorgeous. She drove a Corvette. Everybody wanted to take German for those three years. Anyway, and then the last year, uh, that second half of the last year, Miss Pelosi came in and everybody quit German. Um, but um, yeah, so anyway, um, uh, my German is not that great. I understand it pretty well still because when you're young, you remember things. Whereas now I learned Korean when I was like 35 or 38 and I don't remember 15 words from Korean. I can still read it. I just don't know what I'm reading anymore. Anyway, the spokesman gave no clear answer for the reasons behind the disappeared ammo. Only 36,000 of the 96,000 missing cartridges of varying caliber have been located. The government reportedly said, the 48,000 rounds missing from the Special Forces Command, the KSK, was heavily scrutinized after lawmakers found right-wing extremism was deeply embedded within its ranks. So, kind of scary situation over there. Epic Times. CDC employees made more than 8,000 federal contributions to PACs and politicians since 2015. Five went to Republican causes. Five. 8,000 donations five went to Republicans. You don't think there's an agenda going on here? Employees at the CDC have made more than 8,000 contributions, totaling over $285,000 to Democrat candidates and causes since 2015, according to a Daily Caller News Foundation analysis of political contributions. Only five contributions were sent to a Republican PAC or candidate. 
out of these five contributions, which totaled up just about a thousand dollars. So 285,000 to a thousand, three sent money to president Donald Trump's 2016 campaign efforts. The FEC records indicate, and they were all fired. The, I'm kidding. Uh, the contributions were made by more than 550 people who listed the CDC as their employer on FEC forums. The contributors served at various levels of management, ranging from nurses and information technology personnel to epidemiologists, public health advisors, and the chief financial officer. After the WHO declared coronavirus a global pandemic on March 11, 2020, the total amount of money employees contributed to left-leaning causes by the end of the month was nearly three times higher than the previous five-year average. In addition, the total amount of contributions more than doubled compared to the previous five-year monthly average. From March 11 through 31, employees donated nearly $8,000 through 158 contributions. During the same time span from 2015 to 2019, employees made an average of only 69 contributions, averaging $2,700 in total. They want our president out. They're going to continue to give and they're going to continue to lie and lie and lie about what's going on. They want this country destroyed before that man gets elected again. That's, right. That's what's happening. Amen. Wall Street Journal. Civil rights attorney Leo Terrell. Anybody hear about this? Yes. Announces he will vote Republican for the first time ever. Now, he's probably going to have happen to him what happened to that poor guy up in, where was it, Milwaukee? Yeah. Standing outside with yeah. his Trump sign, a black man, yeah. loving the president, loving the Lord Jesus, and somebody comes and executes him in broad daylight. Nothing will be done about that. Nobody will be caught, and even if they have a picture of him, it'll be hidden. We don't want people like that out there, but this man is going to vote for Trump, and he's speaking out about it. Civil rights attorney Leo Terrell, a frequent Fox News guest who has been a vocal critic of President Trump in the past announced on Hannity last week that he would be voting Republican for the first time ever in the 2020 presidential election. Good job. He gets my salute. The news caught the attention of the Trump campaign, which made sure to tweet out Terrell's announcement and gave him a warm welcome. Terrell, who has been outspoken in the past against Trump, is now affectionately referred to as Leo 2.0 by Larry Elder, a conservative radio host who often appears with Terrell on Hannity. In recent weeks, Terrell has sparred with left-wing activist Cornel West and argued that the Democrat Party has been hijacked by extremists. It hasn't. It has always been extremist, and they've just been using these black people as their pawns to get the message out to people that are uneducated and are being kept in bondage in the projects, which I see with Jim and other people every single week of our lives. Ron's been down there lately. You see it, don't you? They're in bondage down there. And they want to keep them there, and they don't want them to watch anything but CNN, MSNBC. It's shameful. Anyway, let's go on. In early July, Terrell published a commentary piece in Newsweek scorching Black Lives Matters. His transition to supporting Trump reached the tipping point Thursday, as he announced, this will be the first time in my life, Sean Hannity viewers, that I will be voting Republican. When Hannity and Elder tried to take credit for Terrell's conversion, the African-American attorney explained that the Democrat Party left me. Terrell elaborated further in a tweet saying that he did not sign up for the socialist agenda. Thank goodness that he's seen reason, and I hope that people will pay attention to him. Follow suit. Zero Hedge, world's largest producer of small gasoline engines. I'm about to cry. I did it over the 747. Briggs & Stratton. 
files for bankruptcy, Briggs and Stratton Corporation. I pull on one of those many times every week. I have a lot of lawns to mow, you know, out at the mall at 7-Eleven at my house and couple properties, etc. So I'm pulling on Briggs and Stratton a lot. I hope that they pull through this. Uh, the world's largest manufacturer of small gasoline engines with headquarters in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Wisconsinites. Filed petitions for a court-supervised voluntary reorganization under Chapter 11, along with plans to sell all the company's assets to KPS Capital Partners, the Fortune 1000 manufacturer of gasoline engines was able to secure a $677.5 million in debtor in possession or DIP financing to support operations through reorganization efforts. The company also said it entered into a definitive stock and asset purchase agreement with KPS. So if they completely fold, you're going to be stuck with Tecumseh engines. I don't know if they're good or not. I've never used one since I was in Alaska. When I mined gold with a dredge, I worked underwater. And that little Tecumseh, I'm telling you what, it kept me alive underwater. You had the dredge, you had the Tecumseh on top. And then what we had, we're working in very cold water. So we took off the uh, muffler and we put screwed in a three-quarter inch pipe and wrapped copper wire around it and then we put it into the venturi at the beginning of the dredge which caused the suction to pull water and go around that and it made it warm and then you had a tube that went from there down into your wetsuit and so you're like taking a warm bath in the water all day long but in addition to that we also put a um, uh, what do you call it an air piston onto the motor and so from the air piston, we had another line going down into our mouth and we worked underwater all day long. And when the thing would run out of gas, you'd run out of air and you'd come up and have to uh, start working again. But it was a great experience. I did that for an entire summer up there. And I will say scrawny little me, I'm the only one that lasted all summer. Everybody else was there a week, maybe two weeks. And they said, I can't do this. It's the hardest work I've ever done. I got two, count them, two pounds of gold wives up there. And of course, the claim owner gets one. So I got one, one pound of gold to bring back home. So there you go. It's in a uh, safety deposit box right down the road here with my children's name on it. Okay. Or unless I go broke, then I can go have a party and, you know, whatever. Uh, okay, here we go. Zero hedge. UK formally suspends Hong Kong extradition treaty immediately and indefinitely. No more extradition treaty. If there is a Chinese in England and China says we want that person back, they are not going to be shipped back. England is going to keep them and allow them to stay in England forever. Not three ever, but forever. Okay? <laughs> Mail online. Last week we learned about cove idiots, and we found out that there's a lot of cove idiots in this church. Well, we're going to find out more. People with psychopathic or narcissistic traits are less likely to follow face mask rules or obey lockdowns because they don't think they work, study finds, and they're more likely to hoard toilet paper. I guarantee you 100% that that is exactly the opposite of the truth. One, just like the one last week, it is exactly the opposite. People that are scared for their lives will hoard. People that are scared for their lives are narcissistic. It's me. It's all about me. They haven't come to Christ. They look at everything from a self. I, yesterday, I was telling Ron here, I went down. I had to help somebody take some metal down to scrap all, okay? And I was down there, and there's this guy in there wearing his mask. Nobody, it's, it's, it's a giant place. Nobody around you. He's got a mask on. And I said, he's going to be a problem. And he was all the way through the processing. And then afterward, he walks in to get his money at the, the counter, and there's this little teeny hole. 
that you slide your receipt through so that they can then count it and then you walk over to a machine and you get money. This teeny little hole, okay? And you can't get a hand through it almost because they don't want a gun to fit through there and then to threaten the girl who doesn't have any money anyway, right? It's all in this locked up machine. But he made this girl take out a wipe and wipe down everything outside so that he wouldn't have to touch it. She's got to wipe down the, the fingerprint thing. She's got to wipe down the, uh, the, the pen you use on those things you sign. Okay, and then he said, I want the whole thing wiped off. He's just being a jerk, okay? And then what does he do? He gets his receipt from her. He walks over to the machine, which is three feet away, and he pushes all the buttons on there. He grabs the money. It, everything is exactly the same, but it was all show. It's narcissism. These people, so you're not a COVID idiot. None of you are, and none of you are, what is it, psychopathic or, well, some of you are. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Before I do the less, Rick, Les sent something to me, okay? He sent something to me. And I'm always skeptical about anything I get. So I said, can you please send me the source on this so that I can verify it? And he did. And so I want to read you this from Les. The country has reported a total of, this is speaking of Israel, a total of more than 57,000 corona cases and at least 442 deaths. Okay? When you do the math, and I do, and I did, the percentage of death rate is 0.0077. The exact, I repeat, the exact death rate for the entire world pre-corona. Type it into Google, say what is the average death rate of the entire world, and it will come up. 7.7 .7 deaths per thousand. Now, tell me that's not something. In other words, if you have 7.7% death and it's matching the coronavirus, then you have 7.7% death. People are going to die from the flu. They're going to die from coronavirus. They're going to die naturally. So you add on the flu or you add on whatever, you're going to come out to the average. Okay? Whatever. Anyway, here's a lesser for you. Let's see if you can figure out which article he is referring to. Glory us echoing joyous strains can now come straight into all our brains. It's electric whim, but not greater than him, H-Y-M-N. Twas true then, it's true now, our God reigns. Good job. Okay, got a couple ironies and we will be done. Mail online. Norway's coronavirus success leaves funeral homes struggling. Undertakers seek state help after country suffers only 250 deaths from COVID-19. That tell me that's not ironic. All right. The average, the average. Okay, from Zero Hedge. Well, they went out and they bought all these coffins because they were told that the entire country is going to die, and then they, you know, hired all these extra employees, and then nothing happened. Okay, Zero Hedge. Face masks mandated by UK government specifically say they do not protect against COVID-19. Yes. So such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.